I'm Justin. And I'm Blake. And this is the How Do You Figure podcast. This week we're talking G.I. Joe, a real American hero, with our guest, Hal Rudnick. But first, Blake, did you buy any toys this week? I did. I've bought so many toys this week. It is the season. It is the to season toys. for toys. I'll tell you what it really is, is I do most of my toy buying on Amazon now. Mm. And when I'm bored at work, I'll just pop in whatever Marvel Legends, Disney Afternoon Funkos, Amiibos, whatever I'm looking at. And if they're a little bit lower in price than they usually are, I'll just buy them. So the one thing I've really been doing that isn't buying them, but I have so many things pre-ordered right now that I need to start paying attention to the weeks they come, mm. lest I end up broke from one Amazon delivery that I forget about. I have eight different Nintendo Amiibo pre-ordered. I, I didn't even know they were still making those. Well, you see, Justin, they're making a new game <laughs> this fall, and they're adding new characters, and they're going to keep them in the same line as the last game, so I need to finish That's exciting. My Is this series. Super Smash Brothers? Yep. That's exciting. I'm very excited about it. They have all sorts of fun new people to play as. Unfortunately, the toys that I'm after right now, I can't just go on Amazon and buy. Uh, I'm hooked on these figures called micro brawlers. They look like something that like Funko would make. Um, like the Funko Minis. The little like mystery mini ones? Yeah. Those they are look awesome. Like, they look like a Funko mystery mini. And they're of wrestlers, but they are of independent wrestlers that aren't signed to the WWE. Oh, that's great. And there's two different ways they sell these. Uh, they sell them at the store, uh, ProWrestlingTees.com, at their actual physical store and on their website. But then there's a different set of them. That comes in the monthly wrestling crate from Pro Wrestling Tees. So you have to subscribe to this wrestling crate uh, if you want to get like the full collection. But some of the leftover micro brawlers from the crate end up being sold at Pro Wrestling Tees store in Chicago. Great. So. I'm about to ask you a favor. I was going to say, I know what's coming. You're going home to Chicago for the holidays, correct? I will be home for Thanksgiving, and I will be home for Christmas. How close to Chicago is your family? 20 minutes if traffic is good. Are, are you planning on going into the city? If I go home and I only am in those suburbs, I consider it a failure. One of my favorite things in the world is driving on the 94 West East into Chicago and just seeing the skyline come up over the horizon. Great. That's what I want to hear. Uh, because right across the street from the Vienna Sausage Factory in Tour, okay. uh, there's, a, there's a Popeyes. And then yep. across from that Popeyes, there's the Pro Wrestling Tea Store. Okay. If you would not mind, I will give you pictures. You can just walk up to the counter. I When I was in Chicago earlier in the year, I was in and out of this store in less than five minutes because, A, I was illegally parked at the Popeyes, and, B, I had a flight to catch in an hour. But I had to drive <laughs> into the city 
And at, at Midway, by the way, was where the flight was, oh, not O'Hare. Jesus. But I had to drive into the city to pick up these figures. Of course. Um, so, yeah, that would really mean a lot to me. But I, I completely understand. Don't go out of your way. Oh, I'll figure it out. You were probably going to go take the Vienna Sausage Tour anyway. He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe. We're going to get Cobra this time. Our combat jets are on the way. Hey, check my missiles. They're A-OK. Great, I'm going down for a closer look. Way to go, Joe. G.I. Joe Sky Striker comes with Ace and two parachutes. Other figures sold separately from Hasbro. Blake, the year was 1982. Ronald Reagan had defeated all of America's enemies. So we had to create one. I'm talking about Cobra Commander. I'm talking about Cobra. I'm talking about the sworn enemy of G.I. Joe, a real American hero. The 1980s reboot of the original G.I. Joe. And what a reboot it was. You don't know anything about it, do you, I know so much about it. (laughs) I was excited for this one because we've done a lot that I, you would assume, would be too young to do. And in many ways, that's true, because I was born in 1989, which seems to be how we open all of these podcasts. Um, but You you didn't know a time of war. I did not. I actually, one time in uh, sixth grade, one year before September 11th, said to my teacher, I can't believe we live in a time with no war, and how wrong I would become. I mean, very optimistic of you. I was a plucky young kid, and uh, then... They took that away. I thought the same thing about racism in 2001, and how wrong was I? Yep. No, it turns out you can never quite predict the climate of our country unless you pay attention. Luckily. Uh, But G.I. Joe, (laughs) the real American hero. Uh, I knew about this line because this was one of the first, if not only main, toy lines, pop culture figures that really spanned generations. You mentioned this this was the reboot from the 60s and 70s. So my grandfather had collected G.I. Joes. My father had collected G.I. Joes. And the old Barbie doll size, the 12-inch. Exactly. My dad still has some of those in the box at home. Um, So this was a line that I kind of got passed down to and grandfathered into. And it was really fun watching like my uncle and my dad geek out over something the way I geeked out over Star Wars, the Turtles, and that kind of piqued that curiosity. So I had a bunch of like loose figures from them, a handful of the uh, file cards that were left behind. So it's a line that I knew. Now the outside world of G.I. Joe, the comics, the cartoons, that stuff I know less well, but these toys, specifically the 82 to 94, I have a very just strange, like early childhood root in that also like spawned a lot of interest in airplanes and tanks and military that would also kind of help out with the, the air and water show in Chicago that was every year. It kind of became a part of our household culture in a way that was really cool. And that's why today you are a tenured military man. This is true. This is not true. I don't, don't think I'm allowed <laughs> that to That is stolen that. valor. <laughs> oh, my God. Blake, what are you doing to I us? I think that's literally against the law. So, no, I am not. Uh, well, luckily, we have a man here today that uh, knows a thing or two about stolen valor. <laughs> No, that's a bad intro. That's probably a bad intro. Uh, you uh, you know him from Screen Junkies. He is the host of the Screen Junkies show. 
You've seen him on Key and Peel, Community, Reno 911. Uh, he's ridden on some of your favorite Nickelodeon shows. No, kids, uh, Disney, Disney. Disney. Yep. Same thing, basically. Is it? Ladies and gentlemen, we have Hal Ruddick here to talk. G.I. Joe, a real American hero. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, God bless us. The, uh, I mean, um, you know, now uh, we know annoying's half the battle. Thanks, Justin. Oh. Thanks for having me, Blake. Good to see you. Of course. Yeah. Hal, how many things did you learn from those old PSAs from G.I. Joe? It was mostly common sense stuff. It's like don't. It's like what? Don't eat the uh, the pills that are under, or like don't, don't eat the cleansers that are under the sink, and yeah. don't light fires inside the right. house. Don't bring a toaster into the bathtub with you. Yes, I mean to but, be fair, when you're a child, you start with the things that are common sense. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, don't touch the stove. But if you went for the stove, I thought I think those uh, PSAs did a disservice because it might give a child the notion that if they went to touch the stove, shipwreck would come and save them. <laughs> I was always going for that stove, hoping shipwreck would show up. That's why you burned your hands. That's why, you, to this day, you have third-degree burns, grafted how, skin. How, what was it about G.I. Joe that really appealed to you as a kid? Probably how homoerotic. No, I'm. Um, that could be said about most '80s cartoons. Oh, th- no, and I think I, I think the one who takes the cup for that is He Man with uh, the Thundercats a close second. You know, I don't know. You brought up shipwreck. Oh uh, yeah, sh- I mean shipwreck. Yeah, I mean um, uh, you know the uh, village people in the Navy. There, there's a, a, a grand tradition. But what really brought me to GI Joe? You know what? I have to say the villains. I have to. Say, I love Cobra. I love Zartan. The Dreadnoughts. Oh yeah. The, the allure of the villains. How cool the villains were. You know, I think G.I. Joe, you know, you gotta have G.I. Joe so they could have battles, but I feel like the I mean, the villains that had my heart, you know, Storm Shadow, Cobra Commander, Storm Shadow, Firefly, Destro, um, probably, those are probably my favorite of all my G.I. Joe figures. Oh, and Zartan and the Dreadnoughts. Uh, And then, like, there isn't a a G.I. Joe in the top seven. Do you remember buying the toys first or seeing the cartoon? Uh, well, I did all of the above, and I also had a subscription to the comic book. Oh, and, yeah. And um, it was a great comic book. And the comic was great. It was yeah. so good. Yep. And it was originally going to be a Nick Fury comic, wasn't it, under Marvel? That that was the original oh. when they were bringing it back. Yeah, as as the rumor goes, uh, Larry Hama, the great Larry Hama, who created A Real American Hero and essentially created all of the characters for the G.I. Joe A Real American Hero other than, I think, Cobra Commander. Uh, Larry was a writer at, at Marvel, uh-huh. and uh, uh, Hasbro was looking – to reboot G.I. Joe in this three-and-three-quarter-inch scale to compete with the success of Star Wars. Right. Mm-hmm. And they wanted a whole new story to go along with it. Uh, Marvel's editor at the time mm-hmm. uh, pitched the idea to Hasbro that they should use Marvel's creative team to rumor. create the new G.I. Joe. Oh, wow. Is that this conversation, the biggest part of the rumor is that it happened in the bathroom, that they were just at a party together, went to at the urinals, room, yeah. and at the urinal he was like, man, we really want to bring this back, and Jim Starling said, well, we have the best creative people in the world. You bring it to us, and we'll make it. And they wow. were sitting on this Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos comic. 
Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, it's going to be this great thing. We really want to bring. Yeah, it was going to be a. It was going to be a Nazis from Hydra. It's going to be awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. I believe it was going to be a. Re, it was oh, going to be wow. a uh, Nick Fury's son. Yeah. Uh, and a new version of Shield, and then yeah, Cobra was Hydra. Now that you mention that, that seems like why hadn't I realized that before? There's su- such uh, <laughs> parallels between Cobra and Hydra. It's ridiculous. So they they took that. And instead of using it as a Marvel comic, they applied it to the world of G.I. Joe, and a a real American hero was born. In the 80s and the early 90s, that's what you needed to do to compete. That's when, like, every toy line was in full force. And there were spinoff of toy lines, and there was a group of four animals that you could think of to compete with the turtles, and you really needed to pop out. And that's the other thing Hal hit on, was these awesome villains and it's funny that you said that right away because the other piece of like G.I. Joe history was that they didn't want to make villains in the first wave because they didn't think they would sell. Ugh. The big worry that Hammer had was these won't sell and they won't work. And again, Marvel pushed and was like, no, these are cool designs. That's what they're going to go for. It's the costumes. It's the masks. It's this. It's this. It's this. Trust us. The other thing they didn't think that would sell were the female characters. And that is why they are all bundled. With vehicles in the beginning. Oh, wow. And Man, I remember Scarlet was the first figure that I had a difficult time finding as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't remember how, if she was a solo or if she was packaged within a vehicle. I just remember, like, not being able to find her. And it was actually the first figure that I ever bought loose. Uh, a, a, a toy store by my house had a display in the window of all of the G.I. Joes, and there was a Scarlet in there. And after months of trying to find her and not being able to find her, I asked them if I could just buy the one that was in the window, and that was the first loose figure that I found, (laughs) that I I ever bought. Is them selling villains later why you could only get the hooded Cobra Commander through proof of purchase initially, or is that was that just a special... That may have just been special. Mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't see anything about that. Yeah, I'm not sure. They were prelims. big on the. Uh, they were big on the mail away. Yeah. at the time, mm-hmm. I remember there was like a refrigerator Perry mail away. Yes. Once they started adding celebrities to the GI Joes. Oh, there's uh, Sergeant there, there Slaughter. There was probably Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was even a make your own Joe mail away. Oh, yeah. Was there really? Well, wow. you would write. You wouldn't actually make. Like it was kind of a. Could you make like a human animal hybrid, Joe? Sure, as long as it uh, whatever your imagination could create under the mask, because that was kind of the catch, is it had a big helmet on. Oh, uh, but any way you wanted to go under that helmet was uh, up to your imagination. Wow! So really, they just sold you a helmet, and we're like, it's an endless world of imagination. It was it's- kind of a generic Joe figure, but with a helmet on. Obscuring his face, gotcha. so it could theoretically be you. Wait, so what would you choose? Just like the like the color of the outfit and stuff like that. No, or? it was uh, basically what was on his like card. Oh, gotcha. Like you could fill that out. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and then they would send you the figure in the mail, but it was just like a generic like trooper right, right. figure. Of course it was. So um, th- that that was a great, uh, like, fun fact, 1982. How, do either of you know what year the swivel arm battle grip came into play? Oh, G- no. Which is often called G.I. Joe with the kung fu grip, but 
that have you heard it called GI Joe with the kung fu grip? Oh yeah, yeah. I've, but I it's it, that's have. that's a misnomer, right? It's called um, uh, swivel arm battle grip. Yeah, it's the Luke. I am your father of the GI Joe trivia, where the actual line is yes. just "I am your father." I don't think I ever knew that. I don't know. My G.I. Joe history kind of starts at the early 80s. I don't mm-hmm. really know anything about those old 12-inch figures other than, like, every five years Hasbro would try to bring back the 12-inch line, mm-hmm. and it would fail miserably. Oh, yeah. But, you know, bef- but before uh, – after the 12-inch, the, uh, the, with the inception of the, sh- the smaller figure, um, yeah, the, uh, the swivel arm battle grip came a couple of years later. Like, there, there was some real – like, the – they just bent at the elbow, but then it added uh, the the the, it, the arms would flex and turn around. You can make them do just about anything. Out. Oh yeah. When uh, when I worked at Toys R Us in the late '90s, early 2000s, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> every night before we left, we would take the 12-inch flex arm Joes, and we would either put the arm down at the crotch. To simulate masturbation, or if we were really feeling tricky, yes. we would take the other arm, which had a gun in its hand, and put it up to his head. <laughs> I've had enough. Uh, suicide and <laughs> masturbation, my favorite alt rock band of the late nineties. Nice. Well, it was the nineties. Everybody was into both. Sometimes <laughs> at the same time, they do combine in a very strange way. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, like uh, Michael Hutchins. That's, there that's you go. true. That's Another true. reference from the 90s. Like, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, G.I. Joe wasn't all masturbation and suicide. It was also awesome play sets. Oh, man. And yeah. these were some of, I think, the coolest sets in this first wave. You had the, like, the space station. Oh, you yeah. You had the... Uh, I'm going to... I wrote it down. Yeah, because I feel like every year... That was that was the one thing that I feel like G.I. Joe had over Star Wars, is mm-hmm. that every year G.I. Joe came out with a gigantic mega play set. Yeah. And Star Wars never really had anything like that. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the equivalent of the USS Flag or the Terradrome. Yep. Uh, the Mobile Command Center. The Mobile Command Center. Which is another toy. Hal brought up the, the Kung Fu grip. I feel like G.I. Joe's... Vernacular got locked into pop culture in a way nobody else did. I feel like Mobile Command Center became just like a a thing you'd put under a playset, and under every tree yeah, at yeah. Christmas, mm-hmm. it was like the Star Wars Mobile Command Center. When I mean, they just didn't really have a name for it, the Z-Bots would have one, and the Street Sharks, and everybody else. Yeah, how, did, how did you have any of these giant playsets? Absolutely, I had the Terradrome. I had the USS Flag uh, battleship. Uh, aircraft carrier, sorry. That uh, and that was the greatest present uh, I ever received as a, as a child. I would probably say the the that aircraft carrier that we set up in my basement and the adventures I would have with. Uh, well, shipwreck was very at home on uh, <laughs> yeah, on I the aircraft carrier and just like you know staging Cobra invasions with uh, you know uh, storm shadow. Uh oh, storm shadows on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> that thing was so impressive. Yeah, and I feel like, like everyone six feet long, yeah, seven it was feet crazy. long. Yeah. Ridiculous. It was oh, probably only like three feet. But oh, but as a kid. <laughs> I mean, as a kid, yeah, it that looked like it was an add-on to the house. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and we, it was never, it was in my base, in our basement growing up, 
and it was never fully built. There were like some panels, like because it, it was a, it was complex to build. A lot of frustrated dads gave up. Yes, oh, yeah. but it was it, it was functional enough. Um, there were a couple of panels here and there that uh, yeah were left just uh, on the floor <laughs> when it, when it was set up on the on a table here. Do you remember when you got it? Uh, I, I got it uh, the eighth day of Hanukkah. It was a big gift, eighth day of Hanukkah, and it was probably around, uh, uh, had to be like 84-ish. Yeah, r- right in that, between, yeah, 84 to 86 uh, in that vicinity. Yeah. It was so impressive. Mm-hmm. Like at the time, I feel like it was the most impressive toy I had ever seen. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I felt like you could play with this thing for hours. Yeah. Oh, for sure, because there was just so many compartments, and then if you had uh, if you had vehicles to go on the actual aircraft carrier yeah. on the deck, if you had planes, or if you uh, had like a tank or a little uh, just vehicle to tow something, uh, that was great. the The Terradrome was a lot of fun because you had uh, it, it would open up. There was uh, a bubble that um, a small uh, fighter plane would come out of. So that was the Terradrome was pretty awesome as well. Yeah, I th- I think I actually played more with that than the USS Flag because mm-hmm. even though the flag like looked impressive and was yeah. huge, like the Terradrome, you could do more things with. I feel like it had more opportunities for play. Absolutely. And the Terradrome, uh, you could incorporate all your vehicles to, uh, uh-oh, the uh, the Cobra Terradrome's under attack. Oh, no, circle the fang helicopters. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I love doing the voices as well. Oh, yeah, well you had voice. to. They were just so ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> for sure. Especially, yes, yeah, again, especially the villains. Uh, the most fun. I mean, yeah, the, the Dreadnoughts with their British accents. <laughs> oh, so much fun. It's really wild that they thought any of that was menacing. Then now when you look at it, it's like, oh, man, that's just like a, a cartoon man running at me who inhaled helium. <laughs> Certainly he couldn't create a terrorism attack with branded guns to take over the world. But wasn't he like, and I'm, I'm sorry that like, I don't know as much about the lore of G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, mm-hmm. as I probably should. Uh, but wasn't Cobra Commander like a snake under there? Not to my knowledge. I think he just dug cobras. Really? I think so. I don't think they were actually fighting a snake man. It wasn't the Harry Potter situation. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he was a snake man. But then uh, the, uh, Serpentor came, and yeah. and Serpentor was like an amalgamation of all these great villains in history coming to life, and. And then I feel like there was a Snake Man conjured by like either Doctor Mindbender or Sir, and or Serpentor at a time, or Cobra Commander might have been cursed or went through a thing where he became part snake or got scaly or something. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I think he had like, I'm sure at one point when it was like the grounded version it would like burn scars and i think for or a while, really was, bad like, psoriasis scales. yeah just very dry skin sorpento uh sorpento serpentor sorpentor oh sorpentos is a uh, pizzeria in uh <laughs> in at the, at the mall yeah uh serpentor sorpentor serpentor sir it's like in oh, we're calling serpent, him sir, now. <laughs> sir, he's been knighted. Uh, like serpent, but sir, or on the pentor. end. Pentor, yes, <laughs> two words. Why can I not say serpentor? 
Well, it's a preposterous word, Justin. Yeah, serpentor. <laughs> it's really reaching for the pun, but it's not quite getting it. It wants to be serpent, but he also wants to walk around like Mr. Peanut and be fancy. Well, yes. I, was trying, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what's going oh, on. Oh, yeah, he had a character. big gold snake staff, and he wore like a big, he wore like a cobra, like, hood, like a gold hood. It was like an amalgam of every single snake villain in Jafar. Yep. What... He is in a category that I feel like is unique to 80s toys and cartoons, uh-huh. which is, and this this happened with He-Man too, yeah. where the main villain, your Skeletor, your Cobra Commander, yes. became, like, beloved. Yeah. And they ended up creating, like, an even badder bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. You had Hordak. Yep. With the Masters of the Universe. Yes. You had Sir Pentor yep. for G.I. Joe. Well, it even happened in the Turtles. You got Krang to your Shredder. They mm-hmm. always needed that next step villain. Yeah, there was there were a lot. Almost too many. There was a real glut of villains. But um, And if, if I thought about it, I could probably break down the hierarchy of them. But Because uh, you had Zaymot and Tomax. Oh, I loved them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Major Blood was an underling. Yep. The Baroness was another underling. Yeah. Um, uh, Baroness, real, real strong uh, female villain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she, uh, she had a relationship with Destro, Destro oh. and the Baroness. They were doing it. They were doing it. They were doing it. They would, they would sixty nine in the Terradrome. Yes. Maybe near Terradrome. <laughs> uh, the silver helmet versus the gold helmet on Destro. Silver all the way. Gold, like, I barely can barely remember that there was a gold helmet. Oh, I thought it looked good with, like, the black suit. Like, it was just a nice kind of pop. Huh, yeah. Um, I, I feel like silver is the classic. Silver is yeah. uh, is all I think of when I think of Destro, actually. Um, m- much more prominent. I, probably gold. Was that, like, a special edition figure that came out later? or He changed to the gold later on, but huh. you know, Cobra Commander was changed all the time. Oh, yeah. The, the, the hood, the mask. Yeah. Yeah, the hood the sh- and the shield. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and you you said you read the comic as well. Yeah, I read the comic, and I um, then I read some of the some of the crossovers, GI Joe versus Transformers. Um, yeah, and the the stories were so good, and just there there's there were just so much fun, rollicking good times, and like the villains were like I said, like Zartan and the Dreadnoughts. They're like. And all the storylines, like Storm Shadow versus Snake Eyes, uh, man, uh, classic stories. G.I. Joe really pioneered crossovers in a lot of ways. I could be wrong. I'm sure there's ones that predate that, Flintstones and the Jetsons and mm-hmm. the Beatles and Scooby-Doo or whatever happened. Yeah. <laughs> I think that one is real. Yes, they, they replaced Ringo with Scooby for a while. That's <laughs> uh, But they really... Like, every comic book character you can think of crossed with G.I. Joe, because it was so simple to just slide army men into anything. But my favorite crossover that happened in the toys was in 1993, when they silently acquired the toy rights to Street Fighter II, and just made the Street Fighter toy line G.I. Joe. So every Street Fighter character had the big G.I. Joe logo just right in the middle. Yeah, that was really weird to me. Oh, wow, yeah. It was weird because they didn't do anything else with it. It made sense at the time because you take like a huge brand that's kind of dissolving towards the end of its toy line and a brand that's exploding in arcades in the Super Nintendo and you slam them together. I understand that like SEO-wise, if you were running a website now, you would be like, obviously, we'll get the most clicks for this. But it really did lead to like 
two packs with, I think it was Shatterstar, Shatterstar uh, Snake Eyes, and M. Bison, and all these other weird characters, but it's such huh. a confusing product because of how fake it looks. I feel like it's the same way with them working in professional wrestling or football with William this the Refrigerator Perry yeah. and Sergeant Slaughter mm-hmm. and later uh, Roddy Roddy Piper. I think the difference is in the packaging. It was just a Street Fighter package and then it just looked like they copy and pasted a G.I. Joe JPEG like over some of their faces and eyes. Yeah, that was weird. So the placement always looked very bootleg to me. I remember the first time seeing it and being like, fool me once. Now, I was huh. out of G.I. Joe at this point, but I remember seeing them in the stores. Was there, like, some sort of backstory as to how the Street Fighter characters worked into the G.I. Joe universe? No, and that's why it's always fascinated me that G.I. Joes will fight Transformers and the Turtles and Batman, and the, and they'll get all these other characters to work in, and they'll yeah. really figure out the lore. What, y- what year was that about? 90, it was 93. I wrote okay. Yeah, 93. So it was a year after Street Fighter 2 and a year before Super Street Fighter 2. Gotcha. Yeah, I think I was I was just coming out. I was, yeah, I was done with uh, G.I. Joe at, um, at that, just as far as, like, collecting and buying new figures. But even before that, there was... They started. To, they just started to get weirder and weirder, and like just the cyber ops troopers. Yeah, and I remember Tiger Force. And, yeah, where they re-released all the vehicles with tiger stripes. Yeah, it, it, the, well, what better way it, to disguise yourself in the jungle than to be a giant tiger with wheels? Sure, you'll never see it coming. Yeah, like you could just tell they were getting a little bit desperate. They were trying to take bigger swings because yeah, they they were now competing with your Nintendos of the world and just yeah, I mean, holding on to. Your place in the in the marketplace is difficult. It's it's interesting because as a kid, like GI Joe was one of my favorite things in the world. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, and I really don't know why, GI Joe didn't make the leap from my childhood to my man childhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not. I haven't gone back to watch the cartoons. Right. I don't avidly collect new merchandise the way I still do with Batman and wrestling and Star Wars and stuff like that. It's just something that I kind of left in the past, and I don't know why. Well, like, yeah. going back and looking at the characters and looking at Larry Hama's amazing work, like, yeah. I don't know why that was a thing that stopped resonating with me, but I'll still go buy a He-Man figure. Was it about the figures? What was it that He-Man uh, seemed more retained its collectible? I don't know. Maybe it had more of a timeless feel where Joe kind of had a bit of, like, an early 80s Cold War and it aged. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. It's like, He-Man has the advantage of being fantasy and sci-fi. And yeah. his characters become timeless in a way. But you look at a G.I. Joe, and it is immediately dated. Mm-hmm. And all of its kind of attempts to bring it into the modern era weren't that good. Like, the that last is, two that movies is true. weren't very good. Mm-hmm. And it, it became this kind of weird middle ground of, like, well, the stuff we used to love, we joked about. The stuff we didn't joke about is kind of a relic of the cold war and the new stuff is bad was there was there anything perhaps to having children play with uh, toys of war of guns and tanks and things like that i think there definitely could be something to that i remember you and i going to see i think the last gi joe movie mm-hmm. for work yeah and me yep. being really turned off by it mm-hmm. just because like i didn't want to see like 
that sort of like cartoonish violence. Like I liked like the laser beams. Yeah. And the cartoon. And, and, I feel like and it was really... always fun because uh, one side had blue, one side had red. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's how uh-huh. I always knew my enemies in laser tag. Just yep. like lightsabers. Yep. Oh, that yeah. That's it. For sure. I think also uh, probably when Duke got caught trading arms for hostages. <laughs> Am I misremembering that? Um, th- I mean – it would be uh, – th- wasn't there an episode where Duke used enhanced interrogation techniques? <laughs> you think you think Duke has waterboarded a few people? Oh, yeah. I, I have I've, no doubt in my mind. <laughs> oh, man. That's terrifying. Yeah. The I idea mean, of shipwreck, like pouring a thing of water into Destro's helmet while oh he has him upside God. down. Oh, God. I don't yeah. want to see that happen to Destro. I, I mean, war is hell. Even when it's uh, happening between the Terror Drome and uh, and Wild Bill flying the Dragonfly helicopter, <laughs> why do you think GI Joe didn't do anything on nine eleven? GI Joe had Bin Laden in their what? sights, and Bush told them to stand down. Oh my God! Because because he knew. Oh, we get Bin Laden. We can't have this blood for oil war that Halliburton that the war that the industrial complex uh, funded. G.I. Joe could have ended that. G.I. Joe could have just snuffed out Al-Qaeda. They were ready, but... Underfunding. Underfunded. Underfunded. And they were told to stand down because Dick Cheney had a grand plan to uh, to turn 9-11 somehow into an invasion of Iraq, and Colin Powell was left holding the bag. No one since uh, Bush Sr. has fully funded G.I. Joe. That's true. <laughs> That's true. It's true. Yeah. I mean, some say, I mean, I'm not going to, but you know about like the Clinton Foundation and, you know, Alex Jones. Listen, Alex Jones is a crackpot, except for his theory that um, Clinton was a Cobra sympathizer. Of course he was. I don't fully not believe that, which is scary. I mean, it's... A simple, a, a, a simple search uh, will take you to some Reddit threads, and it's all there. <laughs> a little dark web searching. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, th- th- there's th- there's some incriminating pictures of uh, Bill Clinton and the Baroness. What was the what was the um, the spaceship the shuttle? Oh damn, the uh... might have been just. Out of my collecting. I want to say the USS Shuttle. <laughs> Are you talking about the Defiant Space The shuttle? Defiant Space Shuttle. Ooh. The Defiant. That's oh, what it was. Cool. Defiant. Because it defied the rules of gravity. Mm-hmm. Man. And I, it historically I, would not I, listen to you. I, that's where I was out with the big play sets. It's yeah. big. It's impressive. But like I didn't yeah, I need did not G.I. Joe to go one. to space. It's mm-hmm. amazing how many franchises lose people when they just go, and now we're in space. Maybe that's part of it too. Maybe the idea just got so big with Tiger Force, with going to space, they got away from their core brand. And we all it just probably kind of needed were like, to be slimmed down. Maybe. Hal, let's talk for a second about these uh about these movies. Yeah. Uh the um the first one had a, a couple good action set pieces uh, with, uh, was it um, Marlon Wayans and, uh, was it Channing Tatum? Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, like doing those like jumpsuits and like cruising through the streets. Um, but it was not a great movie. The second one, 
the the thing I liked about the second, I mean, the second one was pretty crappy. I mean, Bruce Willis showed up and just some weird money grab, which in the way Bruce Willis does. But there were more of the characters and the vehicles. Like there was just like just per capita, like you just tick all these boxes like, oh, man, there's a fang helicopter. There's a water moccasin. Oh, there's Firefly. Like it was like there was more bang for your buck just for the toy collector. So out of the two movies, the second one was just like, oh, that's what I played with as a kid. So I preferred it because of that. But um, both a little bit subpar. Do you yeah. think they could do like a giant Marvel style, like G.I. Joe movie, with I mean, like all of those characters from Real American well, Hero? Hasbro's trying to do this right now. Is That's there, right. Hasbro is launching. They want to do it with Mask, G.I. Joe, uh-huh. everybody under their banner except for Transformers. Uh, which is a, um, a a large omission. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I feel like the ship has sailed. I, I feel like the, just um, the enthusiasm for the movies were never there. And there's something kind of... The, the, maybe it is the fact that it's it's almost making light of war. That It's different than, you know, seeing... Uh, Captain America go after Hydra. It, I don't know, uh, but there, there's something about it that just doesn't sit right. Those movies are just uh, not uh, that th- something misses the mark in those. Well, films. I think you hit it there because when we watch Captain America fight Hydra, they really in Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. <clears throat> in terms of movies, made Hydra such a real believable threat. Mm-hmm. And they really made the Winter Soldier as an assassin, like a tangible villain. And when you get to G.I. Joe 2, it is, to be fair, accurate to some of the comics, accurate to some of the cartoons. Mm-hmm. But they're insane. And the action is to the nines. And yeah. Winter Soldier really treats what's happening to the nation and to the MCU with care. And it's affecting the world around it. And you see the World Council fall and you see... In later Marvel movies, the world react to Hydra. To they don't trust the government anymore. They don't trust Shield. Uh-huh. We get to civil war. You watch these ramifications from not being able to believe your government, which I think is something that in current culture, a lot of people relate to. Uh-huh. And I think GI Joe, exactly what you said, plays it light and plays yeah. it campy. Uh-huh. And is like terrorism is hilarious. Yeah, uh, but. Winter Soldier, the action sequences are so intense and gritty in Winter Soldier, and like they're reminiscent more of like a Jason Bourne, and like Captain America is the central figure, and like you can follow through him, but it's like G.I. Joe's, yeah, they're a bunch of soldiers fighting a bunch of enemy soldiers, and uh, something, yeah, it just doesn't quite... heavy, the CGI. Yeah, it just doesn't quite gel. There's like a... So how do you think they could do it? Do you want them to... Do you want to take it real, like, serious? Do you want, like, a real American hero movie made like the Thin Red Line? Uh, well, I would start with, no, not like the Thin Red Line, uh, <laughs> uh, which would be, like, just philosophical reminiscences and explorations about war through the eyes of, so, Shipwreck writing home to his... How would Terrence Malick handle Shipwreck? Yes, oh my God. Uh, you know, Shipwreck... You know what? It would be a little bit maybe like uh, Joaquin Phoenix in The Master. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it would just be um, a lyrical poem about war. But the, the, 
if they were going to take one more stab at it, I think they'd have to start with the animated movies. The animated movies are really fun. And uh, I don't know. Like, I want to see G.I. Joe creating a weather dominator and just a lot of CGI, like Attack of the Clones style, uh, like Cobra soldiers, and go from there. Just go all, like, just... Let's hearken back to what worked uh, because, yeah, uh, something is not quite clicking. With the even when you get the rock on board, it's still not working. If the rock can't save you, no, you're in trouble. Yep, it's true. Yeah, you did not make a rampage too yet. Mm. Yet, Hal, you're the first guest we've had on the show. Yeah, who's not an active toy collector? Mm-hmm. I've seen you purchase some toys. You yep. don't stay away from them. Yeah. Uh, but you're not actively collecting toys. Correct. Um, and I, uh, I have a lot of my old ones. Uh, tragically, I feel like I might have, I was mentioned this to you earlier. I, I feel like a bag of GI Joe action figures that I brought back to, uh, California with me from New Jersey might've been stolen from my apartment. Oh, no. Yeah. It was like 20 figures or so. Cause my mom pulled out a bunch of the vehicles. Like I had, um, the troop transport, the bridge layer. Uh, oh, I loved the bridge layer. The bridge layer was super fun. Um, yeah. The, uh, various helicopters, the dragonfly, a fang. And, but, um, those are precarious and uh, big things to carry, but I just took a, one bag full of a bunch of figures and you know what? My closet uh, in my apartment isn't super clean, so maybe it's like buried in a corner. But I, I think they were stolen. Man, yeah. If anyone sees a CVS or a Rite Aid bag filled with GI Joe figures somewhere, well, it might be mine. Oh, and then I brought a, a loose. I had a hooded Cobra Commander separate, and th- that he just walked away, disappeared. Huh? Yeah, maybe just became sentient and walked away, like Toy Story. Now I know a lot of like a lot of times you and I'll be at conventions, yeah, and you'll be tempted to pick up some vintage GI Joes, yeah, and I'm always there to enable, mm-hmm. but I've never fully convinced you to go all in on buying vintage toys, yeah, that way. And then I, I think I, we've also been at Target, and and I've seen uh, just kind of a re-release of GI Joes, but I. It's a slippery slope because once you pop, you can't stop. How do you how do you buy one GI Joe? You know, unless it's a special one. Like I wouldn't mind having like a Snake Eyes and a Storm Shadow. You know, just the, the vintage uh, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, and like pose them together or keep pose them or keep them in the box. Keep them in the box. I like to open up my out, toys mm-hmm. and then I toss the box. Yeah, my roommate likes to open up and then keep the boxes, so he has all of his Funko Pop boxes and all of his Funkos. And I'm like, nah, I've, I've but those GI Joe uh, boxes, you like we were talking about those, before, you pop that plastic off the back. Oh well, those oh. are art almost. Yeah, so that's a tricky situation. I would mm-hmm. probably still open it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's fun to set them up. Well, I mean, that's unless you hang cool. them on the wall next to each other, because yeah. that looks great as well. Oh, but then there's the front and the back. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. a lot going on there. A lot going on there. So we're you're constantly surrounded by people that currently collect toys. Yes. Why do you think you never went down that path? Oh, the child inside me died. <laughs> uh, I was going to say career, women. <laughs> wow, uh, that's uh, rent. More sad than but, I. Uh, but. I do collect other things, and I have collect other things. I think part of it is because uh, I collect uh, baseball cards, and I collect sneakers, and 
You do have an impressive sneaker collection. Oh, thanks. And uh, yeah, I uh, so I, I love collections, and I grew up with collections. Part of it is like I, I talked to you a little bit about this. Like I had these collections, and then uh, my uh, my dad, who he would be so generous and buy me all these toys and these baseball cards and things. But then he was, uh, my dad was a gambler and he eventually sold a lot of this stuff. Uh, like I had a baseball card collection, um, numbering into the tens of like probably $15,000 worth. And my dad took it all and, uh, after he bought it for me and then sold it, uh, <laughs> to get money to gamble with. And that's probably the root of all my issues. That's probably, I, probably why I feel like a sense of impermanence with like success or like something good in my life. Oh, it's going to be taken away. Just like my baseball cards were. <laughs> When I was a kid. And we, were, we may have just had a major breakthrough. Big breakthrough. Right. <laughs> this show is just secretly therapy. Yes. That's really what we're doing. Oh, because, no, no. yeah, we're, ta- we're tapping into people's, like, childhoods and what they carry forward. Exactly. Um, but this, this was when you were a kid that he'd do this. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think he only uh, yeah. got to do it once. I don't know that he was reoccurringly Oh, fine. but there were several, like, different, <laughs> uh, like, collectibles and things, like, uh, because we were, we were talking about toys. Uh, my father, he... He he dealt in nostalgia, and the, he he produced a series of concerts called "40s in the 80s," where it brought stars from the 40s and 50s back to sing in the late 70s and uh, through the early 80s. And uh, the New York Times said he had an encyclopedic knowledge of nostalgia uh, when it wrote an article about so his making concert, a living so. off of pop culture nostalgia is a rudnick tradition that's yes. been handed down absolutely generation it is generation. well if you're going to get this one is thing, true if it's going to be pop culture or the gambling yeah pick the pop culture for sure now did he, now, did your dad sell his own stuff Oh for yeah, gambling or just yours? Oh, he would sell his stuff, my stuff, my mom's stuff, like my mom's jewelry. Like he would do the same thing with my mom. He'd buy her like beautiful pieces of jewelry and then uh, take them to the pawn shop in Atlantic City. <laughs> is that what happened to your USS flag? Uh, no, I think the USS flag is in. It's either in my sister's basement or in a, a storage unit. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, it I made it through the ups and downs. Yes, it made it through the ups and downs. I don't know what the resale on a used USS flag. I mean, maybe back in the day, but there was no eBay or anything back then. I mean, how do you how do you move a USS flag? <laughs> I, I, get, I imagine your dad outside of Toys R Us in New Jersey around 1985 with a built USS flag yeah. in his trunk, oh, just yeah. like, hey kid. <laughs> It's already made. Or, or, you don't have to worry about nothing. Or like some parents doing some Christmas shopping. Hey, you need a you need a nice gift for your kid. I got I got a secondhand GI Joe aircraft carrier. <laughs> Did your dad make a lot of money from the gambling? Did it uh, all pay off? Oh, um, he won and lost a great deal of money. In the end, he, he uh, uh, in the end he ended up in the red. He ended up losing. But uh, yeah, he he won and lost a lot. Uh, but g- gambling, it's. It's less about winning, and it's more about that action. Oh, yeah. 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 It's like so, toy collecting. It's yeah. not really about the toy, Justin. It's the hunt, the opening, the rediscovery. Oh, yeah. It's everything else that leads up to it. Just having the thing is never as satisfying as all the other parts of it. Yep. Yep. Uh, but uh, no, that was it. Was overall uh, a losing proposition, gambling. Was he a collector at all, or just mm-hmm. a gambler? 
No, he was very much a collector. He he collected sixteen millimeter films. Hmm. Um, he had he he turned our basement into uh, a, a movie theater uh, growing up. Like not only was the GI Joe aircraft carrier down there, we had movie theater seats and a sixteen millimeter projector. And my father had uh, vintage like nineteen forties. 50s, 60s, uh, 16 millimeter films that he would show uh, in, in our basement. Did he I have get the friends over chairs. Did he just buy them? He just them? bought them. He just bought them from. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, he he found someone who was sold these, and he was collect, he was connected with a network of uh, 16 millimeter, 35 millimeter film uh, enthusiasts and collectors. Huh. Yeah, and then. Uh, Autographs, uh, a lot of nostalgia material, uh, books. Uh, yeah, he had a lot of collectibles. Any toys? Oh, I mean, vintage tin toys. Uh, I love those. Yeah, like the the old the wind old robots. wind up robots and airplanes and just very specific ones like uh, Charles Lindbergh's Spirit of St. Louis tin toys from like the nineteen thirties oh, and forties. Awesome. Yeah, he had uh, stuff like that. That was uh, yeah, it was it was it was pretty cool. And they um, all ended fe- up on a boardwalk table. Oh yeah, all ended up uh, like he, he pushed it all into the middle and he said. <laughs> Uh, put it all on black, and uh, the pit boss came over and said, "Sir, you cannot gamble with toys." No way. And he was no, that didn't. Happen. <laughs> I was very excited for a moment. I was like, "This is going to be incredible." Blake, the fifties were a different time. <laughs> so it would seem. Um, but uh, yeah, so he, he was an avid collector, and yeah, baseball cards, autographs. Uh, um. So it definitely taught me an appreciation of a lot of collecting. But, yeah, there's something a little bit bittersweet uh, to me. Because, like, I, I'd also, you know, start buying baseball cards or baseball autographs or sports memorabilia. But it's like I had it and then it's, it was gone. So I, I enjoy it. I enjoy being around it. But um, I feel like starting at this point in my life back up, it's just like, oh, it's a little bit mind-boggling because there's so many cool different things. I mean, now you have like all these McFarlane toys and everything. And, um, and that's because I, like, I want to buy, like I see all these, uh, just some of my favorite play sets. Like I, when I was, we were at a toy store uh, um, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, and I, I bought that alien, uh, oh, the, right. the, the loader versus the uh, queen alien. Yes, I believe uh, Hal set. and I were doing stand-up in the back of a toy store. Yes. <laughs> and you bought that. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, and because, like, I love aliens. And just some of those movies that harken back, that make you, that take you back, like, like RoboCop or uh, Terminator. Like, when I see figures like that, it's like, oh man. But it's like, when, how do you stop? It's, well, I was going to say, you almost seem to have slope. an advantage over... I don't even want to say people who have problems. I don't consider these things a problem, Mm -mm. but there is with toy collecting, with any kind of collecting, a purging that sometimes either needs to happen or has to happen, whether it's because of space or money or whatever reason. And you kind of have that built in. I think a lot of people kind of get caught up on the like, well, if I get rid of it, it's gone. And they just pile these things on Mm -hmm. forever. God knows I do it. But you kind of have this ingrained ability to let go. The hoarding side of collecting doesn't resonate in you. Mm, mm -hmm. So you almost get to have all of the fun 
and see it and come around it. It's like you get to go to the bar for a few drinks, but all of your friends are alcoholics. <laughs> so like you can crack open a beer or two and stop. But I'm like, but what if we did shots? It's only two a.m. <laughs> totally, and uh, and it's and yeah, because I, I pick and choose. Like uh, I think I was with you um, when you bought. Uh, did you were, did you buy the Rowdy Roddy Piper and I bought one too, or did you? Yeah, buy we something? both bought. One, yeah, I think. because I mean Rowdy Roddy was my favorite wrestler growing up, and I'm like, yeah, and I'm so glad I bought that. I I, I still collect. Uh, I'll also collect bobblehead dolls. I have. I probably have about. Actually. Uh, I have about 30 loose bobblehead dolls, and then I have this collection of the 1987 uh, World Series champion Minnesota Twins team entirely in bobblehead dolls that my father bought me. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, so, that's awesome. yeah, and, and that's like that's a great collection. It's it's still in a box. I need to like I need to go to IKEA and buy one of those glass cabinets they have and set that thing up because like th- th- there that's like 20 plus. Uh, bobblehead dolls right there. And you sure you still have those? Your dad didn't take the bobbleheads out no, of the boxes and I don't, sell them. I, I don't <laughs> and leave think you the so. empty boxes. Yeah, maybe it, maybe it's just like a heavy box that's filled with like uh, yeah, <laughs> like uh, weights or something. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, th- I think those bobbleheads are still in there. Can I give you a, a fun a, a fun fact about something that just happened? Uh, so that, that makes uh, this just happened over the weekend. Barbie dolls, yes, uh, um, most notably collected by uh, Smithers, uh, Mr. Burns' assistant. Yeah, Malibu uh, Stacy dolls. Oh yes, the Malibu Stacy dolls. Um, but I was at a party with my girlfriend, and she, uh, we ran and and it was uh, the party was thrown by some older people that my girlfriend is friendly with, and there was a woman at the party, and. Uh, my girlfriend introduces me and says, Hal, this is, this is Barbara, Barbie, her father created the Barbie doll. And it was this, like, 70-year-old woman. And uh, the funniest thing about the interaction, though, my, my girlfriend kept calling her Barbie, and the woman said, well... Actually, it's Barbara. No one really calls me Barbie. It, it almost seemed like, oh, there almost might have been like a bad taste in her mouth to being called Barbie. Decades. Like, yeah, you feel like you know she'd spent many years being like, yes, my father created the fucking Barbie doll. Could you please yeah. not call me Barbie? But it was really interesting to. Did you ask woman. her about her time as a dentist and an astronaut and a safari adventurer? And a ballerina and an ice skater. Yes, I asked her about the astronaut, and she said it's not true. It's false valor. I got it! Wow! Introducing the G.I. Joe USS Flag Aircraft Carrier. Imagine being on the deck of this aircraft carrier. The USS Flag is fantastic! It's so big! Oh, my God! Joe USS flag aircraft carrier comes with what you see here. Other figures and equipment sold separately from Hasbro. Thank you very much again, Hal. If you want to follow Hal on Twitter, it's just at Hal Rudnick. You can catch him every week on YouTube on the Screen Junkies show. And if you want to see him and I in person, you can see us the third Saturday of every month at midnight at the Tournament of Nerds at UCB Franklin in Hollywood, California. Well, if you want to see us not in person... You can do that on Twitter at how do you figure PC. Now that's how do ya, Y-A, like the old novels for young adults. 
Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at How Do You Figure Podcast. You can email us topics, collections, whatever you want at How Do You Figure Podcast at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash How Do You Figure Podcast. Hey, Sally. Yeah, Timmy? Look what I found under the sink. Mom and Dad hid it, but I guess it's really tasty. Aye, hey there, don't drink that. Whoa, shipwreck. Aye, gimme that jug of cleanser. If you drink it, you're gonna find yourself in Davy Jones's locker. And no one is half the battle. And then we cut to shipwreck in the galley, huffing that very cleanser. Was shipwreck a pirate? He talked like a pirate. I don't see why in, he wouldn't. In that PSA, he just did. Justin, you spend enough time on the open water, you just become a pirate. Everybody knows that. That's, that's just true. like that's just water one hundred and one. Yeah, you got me there.